Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We caught up with Akiva Leesman earlier today, CEO at Mako Mining. He talks us through their plans for this year, how they're going to finance their timings on commercialized, full commercialization of the plant, uh, and maybe some of the numbers associated with that if they get things right. If you want our thoughts and opinions on that conversation, uh, the topics discussed, the company, Akiva, you can find that at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. Uh, we can also find detailed company reports and analysis. We've got commentaries from experts from all over the world on a variety of uh, companies, commodities, and topics. We've got training courses on there. We've got summaries of all the interviews that we've done to save you some time because we know you're busy people. And most importantly of all, we've got a wonderful, thriving community of investors sharing their thoughts and ideas with each other in a nice, friendly, safe environment, free from all that judgment, trolling, and abuse that you see everywhere else. If that excites you, or if you fancy joining that community, go and join them at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. Akiba, how are you, sir? How's it going? Not too bad. Long time. October. That's how long yep. ago. You've been busy. I've seen you've been busy. I'm, I'm excited to sort of uh, catch up and see how things have been progressing. First of all, how are you? How have you been? I'm doing well. Can't, can't complain. Got your head down. <laughs> Good. Okay. Uh, you're, 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 you're no mood to talk, are you? Is this a bit cryptic? <laughs> Yeah, actually, it was, it was good. I, I made it back to, down to, to Nicaragua for the first time since the pandemic uh, last week. So it's uh, it's pretty extraordinary. Some of the uh, the restrictions that we've had to, to build this, this this mine that we've built over the course of, uh, of 2020. Uh, so it was great to see the, the mine in operation. Uh, the plant is now uh, more or less fully turned on. And then by, by next week, we're going to be in cash flow. Fantastic. Okay, good. Well, I caught up a little bit with um, the selfish, uh, well, your partner. Um, so I, I heard a little bit, so I was keen to talk to you. Um, look, before we kind of get get into it, let's kick off with that one minute overview, and I'll, I'll pick up with some questions from there. Okay. Sure. So the way that I, I always like to describe uh, Mako is that we're doing three things in northern Nicaragua. We have now built what is the highest grade open pit mine in the world, bar none. Uh, but we initially scoped this out at a 500 ton per day capacity. Uh, the plant is now commissioned. Uh, all circuits are, are operational. And then by next week, we're going to be uh, pouring commercial gold, uh, sending out shipments. And then over the course of the next few weeks, we'll, we'll be ramping up to, to kind of that, uh, that steady state production of about 500 tons per day at the plant. We're already there over at the mine. Now, secondarily, uh, we've made a discovery a couple of kilometers to the, uh, to the south of San Obino, an area called uh, Las Conchitas. And that 500 ton per day plant, uh, we made uh, decisions to make the, the civil works associated with it with minor adjustments to get it up to 1,000 tons a day. The objective is to bring Las Conchitas into the fold by proving out a maiden resource on that early next year, and then to start mining this at 1,000 tons a day by very late 2022. And then probably the most important thing about the company is that we do think that we're sitting on an orogenic gold mining camp uh, over here. So over the course of the next uh, days and weeks, we're going to be putting out additional initial prospecting results uh, elsewhere on a 188 square kilometer land package that does show that this has the potential to be uh, an order or maybe even two orders of magnitude bigger than what we have delineated right now just at the San Albino 500 ton per day area. Cool. Okay. Um, lots on pack there, which is great. Um, I want to go back a bit. Our last conversation, I think you had a, you know, it was, I thought it was a very honest conversation about, you know, your plans, what was, what was going on in your head, not what you didn't walked into and about how you tackled this. But I think the market was still either 
reluctant to believe or waiting for you to deliver. So do you think you have been delivering? Oh, no question about it, right? So the, the, the management changes of this company occurred at the tail end of 2019. And from that moment in time, we laid out the, the strategy. We are building a mine. We, we had our, our permits in place. Uh, and with the infusion of capital that we took in 2019 and 2020, we've now delivered it. We've been mining the, the high grade uh, sporadically since the end of last year and now in, in relatively commercial fashion uh, from the mine. There's always been a lot of um, key risks associated about mining this deposit, inclusive of, of, of risks that, 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 that I, I perceive. Um, and we, when we put out that resource last year, there are really two, two motivations uh, behind that. The, the resource that our predecessor had uh, was not a good uh, reflection of the reality of the, the geology and the deposit. I, I actually don't think there was much funny business going on. There's plenty, plenty of funny business resources out there, out there in the market, but there were certain choices that they made in developing that resource that didn't adequately or accurately uh, portray geology as it existed in real life. So the, the resource that we put out in, in, in October, which actually kind of bifurcated the market, there were people like say, whoa, that's a small resource. The, oh my God, what's going on over here? And then there were people that actually understood what went into that resource and who we used to put that out and some of the decisions and some of the thought processes and some of the conservative assumptions that we put into it. But we, we mentioned in that resource is that this is going to be conservative in terms of how we, um, we, we, uh, we calculated the resource in terms of numbers and more importantly, in terms of how we are going about mining it. So we actually put out last week a, a press release about uh, mine reconciliation to date. We are positively reconciling on grade by, by over 20% to the resource that we put out. On ounces, a little over 6%, which is completely not a surprise. Uh, in terms of the assumptions that went into the resource, we are mining at, uh, at tighter tolerances than the assumptions that went into the, the mining side of the calculation of that diluted resource of 9.56 grams. And mining to date within the, that vein, we are pulling out diluted material in excess of a half ounce, 17 and a half grams gold in an open pit, right? So the, the purpose of that resource was just to make sure that we actually have the bones of, of credibility that we know how to plan internally to build a mine. And then in the communications to the market to make sure that when we put out technical information, we're going to be meeting or exceeding it. Uh, full stop. We do not have tolerances for, for underperforming or negative reconciling to any of the data that we put out there into the public sphere. I thought that resource was one of the smartest things you did last year because it kind of reset everything for you, the, the kind of the, the new version of the, of the company. So I, I really like that. Um, let's talk about some of the issues that you were trying to solve because you know we, we talked when we first spoke and the last interview, we talked about dilution, how you guys were going to try and not just report it, but control it. Um, and, you know, optimize your processes. So just talk about, you know, some of the things you've learned since October about how to go about it. Sure. Uh, I was in Nicaragua last week and, uh, and our, our mining contractor who's a, a local person from, from the town is now, I think, probably one of the wealthiest people in, in El Hicro at this point for, for, for mining with us. Uh, so we had a, a barbecue last week and, and I mentioned to him is because I don't think he fully realizes just how unique how we're mining this this open pit is. It, it really, I, I don't believe another mine is kind of mining the open pit the way that we're doing. So to, to put this in perspective, the, the San Albino vein is, is relatively narrow. It's, it's about one and a quarter meters um, 
uh, on average, and, and on average is always kind of a, a dangerous way to describe uh, geology. Uh, sometimes it's skinnier and sometimes it's thicker, but that vein by and large is, is grading, let's say on average about 17 grams a ton throughout the, um, uh, the, uh, the life of mine. Now, when we calculated that resource, uh, we diluted that uh, by making an assumption that we were gonna be mining with mining tolerances about 50 centimeters on either side of that vein. And then through pretty fancy calculations that 17 grams got diluted down to 9.56 from a measured and indicated category uh, in that resource that we put out in October. We are mining at sub 30 centimeter tolerances uh, right now. And the way that we're doing it is that we, we have six meter mining benches, but we mine half a bench at a time. So now you have three meter mining benches. And then that vein, which is one and a quarter meters wide, we happen to be in a particularly high grade, but a particularly skinny part of the deposit right now. So the average vein that we're mining right now is only about three quarters of a meter wide. That three meter uh, half bench is, is on average about four times the size of the vein it, it itself, right? So if you're gonna be mining this in a conventional fashion by taking out that three meters at a time, you're going to be diluting your numbers by a factor of, of four. That is not how we're mining it. We, are, we have that three quarters of a meter vein. We have extremely sophisticated and detailed grade control programs on how we're, we're analyzing the grade within that vein in situ. We have very, very skilled geologists who can actually uh, distinguish between the vein, the hanging wall, foot wall, country rock. We do scope it out. We scrape away the waste, and then we try to take only the vein. And this is, this, is, this is another thing that we, we do get kind of um, uh, criticisms from the outside about our mine about, about strip ratio, right? So yeah, th there's, there's waste that goes with, with the mine. Life of mine, we're, we're probably gonna be somewhere in the neighborhood of 23 to 25 to one from a strip ratio and, and mine to date, we're about 19. But this is the issue with strip ratio. We are intentionally targeting a high strip ratio by selectively mining this in the open pit simply because we're not mining this conventionally. We're trying to take as little or quote unquote, or as possible and try to remove as much waste as possible. So sometimes when you're looking at, uh, at, at key performance indicators of strip ratio, it really doesn't tell the story of what we're actually doing. The most important thing to us when it comes to, to mining costs, it really is the dollar cost uh, to get an ounce of gold out of the ground. And even in our strip ratio with grades like this, at 17 and a half grams, our mining costs per ounce on, on material like that is, is around a hundred bucks an ounce. It's, it really is a small amount of capital to go and move that type of, uh, of valuable dirt. But people aren't getting it at the moment, are they? I mean, okay, you guys have been moving sideways since I, since the last suite, which which is fine can, compared to the market, which I think most gold uh, charts are negative. Um, so, you know, so that's a win, I guess. But you still got to be, and look, in your 260 million market cap, um, you know, I, I guess you're going to hope for a production re-rate at some point too. But it's not... People haven't got it yet, it feels like to me. They haven't got what you're trying to do. Have you done things in the right order? I mean, why go and build the plant now? Um, yeah, look, there's, there's always going to be uh, people that, that disagree with the, the strategy. And, and some of those criticisms are, are, are sensible. And I want to I be clear uh, about this, is that what we do uh, on any, any day and, and any decision, there's, there's a trade-off in, in terms of what we do there is going to be less technical risk in terms of how we were going to develop this asset if we spent five, seven, 10 years 
drilling the ore body out and kind of having a, 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 a long-term plan like that, yes, I, I fully acknowledge that there's a, 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 a less technical risk by going through the project that way. There would not be less actual risk by doing that, by putting in 60, 70, $100 million of de-risking this and spending the seven to 10 years that it would require to do the, the overall call it regional plan of getting this up and, and running at the, uh, the final size of a thousand tons a day with let's say a 10 year mine life associated with it. The amount of money, the capital and time that it took meant that that is a more risky financial decision for us to take. So like it or, 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 or hate it, it was a, a decision that was made, not because we're crazy, it was a decision that we made because we do have a natural bias towards the investment side of, of the equation. And we try to mitigate the, the risks as much as possible, even though the decisions that we took to build this plant in 2019 were more accelerated than I would consider to be normal course in our in our industry. So what does that what does that mean? What is what are what are the either ends of that scale? I mean, you've got a, a bias or a leaning towards the investment side of the of the story. So mm -hmm. what what were the factors which drove you there? I, I get your background bit, but what what are the numbers behind that? Yeah, it, it actually a lot had to do with with the deposit, right? So this is one where the uh, the geology is 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 unique. This is this is not a model which uh, which exists in, in many other deposits uh, around the world. We have narrow veins that that are shallow dipping. We were going to be mining this from an open pit. Uh, we have a variety of different types of veins uh, throughout the the deposit. Not everything is apparent in terms of what's going on uh, in the core. And I think we all uh, made a decision that. Uh, we were going to get a lot more comfortable with how the geology was going to lie once the pit started to get opened up, right? So, so a lot of it was driven both in terms of us wanting to find out what this thing looked like. So I actually usually don't like doing bootstrapped approaches to, uh, to, to, to investments. I really do think you kind of want to right size things initially. This happens to be a project that is, that is very well suited to, to, to bootstrapping. Um, simply because you can actually understand what's going on in a small area of the mine and then duplicate this elsewhere on the property for, for similar types of open pits. And then the plant itself with minor adjustments can be expanded when the time is right uh, to, to do that. On top of that, we actually made some, some social commitments to, to the community, to, uh, to, to Nicaragua. Uh, I only took over as, uh, as full-time CEO of this company in, in August of 2019. The permits were received to go and... Um, and, uh, and, and mine this project in 2017, I, I think. So for a while, uh, everybody was kind of twiddling their thumbs like, Where, where's the mine? <laughs> what's, what's going on here? And then there's going to be a, a practical amount of time that you can actually keep a, a permanent place uh, like that and, and maintain your, your social license, whether it be with the, the, the government or, or more importantly with the, um, or as importantly with the, uh, with the local community in the area. There were expectations that this was going to be uh, uh, an industry for uh, for the this particular part of Nueva Segovia. Why do some of your shareholders think or, or talk about dividends, share buybacks, etc.? I, I, you're not making money yet. You're not commercial yet. What, what, why is that? Why is that narrative out there? Right, exactly. I usually sometimes get uh, get into the same conversation with our, with our larger shareholders which I used to, to to work for as well. Um, I think the, the the end of the day is that. We have, we have three things that we need to do. We're, we've now built the, the 500 ton per day 
uh, highest grade open pit mine in the world. We, we do need to, to get additional resources outside of the, the main San Albino area in order for us to practically and sustainably be mining this at a thousand tons a day, which is going to require at a minimum eight and a half million dollars a year in exploration expenses for at least the next uh, two or three years. And then to start proving things out regionally, which uh, in, in the early years are not going to be a lot of, uh, of, uh, of dollars, simply because we're not really ready for, for real robust uh, drill programs regionally. We'll, we'll do some, uh, some initial work on that this summer. And then over time, that, that will expand uh, as well. In, at least in the, the initial mine plan, we're going to be making a lot more money than, uh, than what's required to service our debt and, and then to, to spend that, uh, that eight and eight and a half million dollars. We don't believe in in war chests. So once we actually spend everything that uh, that, that that requires to do our, our three main objectives, we have no issues with with shareholder returns. But you're right. This is this is an operating company that is 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 now at step one of three right now. And it's really only after after step three and frankly step three plus debt repayment. So even even those four steps that we can actually legitimately start talking about uh, shareholder returns. Yeah, absolutely. Uh- the other thing they're talking about, rollback. Is that, is that part mm-hmm. of the plan? Yeah, the, the purpose of the rollback is that Mako is an a liquid stock. Uh, it's, uh, I, I like to say we're, we're 10 times more liquid than we were before I, I took over. And we're, we, we're still F all in terms of liquidity, right? So in terms of the, um, the, the generalist community, in terms of being attracted to uh, to a name like like Mako, it, it really is a, a large hurdle for for a lot of institutions to get over. If we trade just a couple hundred thousand, three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars a day, that is not a a liquid company. There are many paths for us to to move to uh, enhance liquidity. Um, it, it can involve M and A. It can involve just getting getting bigger in, in general. It can involve getting executing on your plans and 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 talking on interviews like this, but you can do incremental technical things like try to check all the boxes to be included in, in an index. Uh, one, of, uh, one of the preconditions for, for there, at least in, in my mind, is, is a migration to, to, a, to a bigger exchange, uh, the TSX uh, Venture Exchange. So when we, we announced a, a rollback uh, last year, it was really going to be conditional on the, the TSX accepting and, and uplisting to us. Uh, we got involved in some Kafka-esque uh, discussions with the, the exchange about what, what is required from us in order to, to be elevated to the, uh, to the TSX. So I do think this is going to be delayed until uh, next year. But the, the decision behind the rollback was, was sensible. It had nothing to do with, with having a, a pretty share price or, 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 whatever, or, or trying to, to somehow mess around with, uh, with, with retail shareholders. It really was there as a stepping stone to get to an exchange that enhanced liquidity in order to check one of the eight boxes that we needed to get uh, indexing in- inclusion. Uh, and even though I wanted to ha- this to happen this year, we do need to have that mine operational for at least six months before the TSX will allow a migration. Okay, um, let's come back to the money side of things. Okay, so the, the plant you're, at the moment you're sort of tinkering around and trying to optimize stuff with with the plant. So, how much more time, how much more money um, is going to be allocated to that? Yeah, so it is a, it is a, a time issue, right? So, um, the mine is a, is a uh, if anything ahead of schedule. We're, we've been mining over 500 tons per day for for at least the last uh, last uh, six weeks of, of diluted vein material and, and the historical dumps. 
And then we have enough, uh, about four and a half months stockpile at this point. So by the time that we get into the, the meat of the deposit in July, uh, we'll, have, uh, we'll have all the, 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 the running room that we need uh, to, to feed the mill. The, uh, the plant, there's nothing major uh, at issue with this, but it's, it's one of those, those subtle things. There were some overt things that happened with the pandemic, right? So it was, uh, it was last March uh, where uh, it was uh, prior to the, the pandemic hitting, uh, hitting Nicaragua and, and Managua uh, specifically, I was in New York. Uh, it, was, it was really starting to deteriorate over there. And I was telling the guys that, uh, that this is coming to Nicaragua at, at some point. And if, if we're not comfortable operating safely, um, we, we have to make some adjustments. So we, we did down throttle our, our exploration spend in, in March of last year. We had a, an initial a retrenchment in, in, our, in, in our personnel from mid 400s to, to mid 200s. It's now back to where it was uh, before. So we had to make some overt adjustments because of what was going on um, for the for the global pandemic, and and then we, we also got hit by by a couple of hurricanes during during that period of time, uh, as as well. Luckily, there really wasn't any material damage to the uh, to the the property. But there are also some subtle aspects of the the pandemic where we we knew about, but but we didn't really know about. So normally, when you're dealing with some of these debottlenecking exercises, especially when you're dealing with uh, with pieces of vendor equipment. You actually have a, a vendor on site, kind of handholding you to, to to go through some of the, uh, the the tweaking that needs to to happen. And it would take us six weeks to get uh, a company rep from from our filter press or our acacia refinery on on site, and then they would leave, and to get them back would be another six weeks. So a lot of these things kind of built up on itself. None of them were were capex related. It was just trying to get these things operational. So the plant is probably about five weeks, six weeks behind where I wanted to be today. But fortunately, uh, yesterday we started to apply uh, cyanide to the CIL. That is a big, big thing because right now we probably have about half of our gold being recovered uh, through uh, through gravity, which also has some some tweaking that needs to to, to happen. And then with the, the the supplement of the CIL, as soon as that uh, that that gold starts getting stripped from carbon, which we expect to happen tomorrow. So this is uh, this is uh, Thursday this week, and then by early next week, we're going to be shipping gold, and we'll be we'll be profitable really from uh, from day one on uh, when those uh, those gold shipments occur. Probably still take a, at least a couple of weeks for us to get that mill up and running to a steady state of uh, of 500 tons per day. Uh, but the most important thing is that the the company will be self financing really as uh, as early as early next week. What does profitable mean? I, I'm talking about like the the ability to to, to generate uh, cash. I actually haven't. Uh, by the way, I, I think I think Q1 for just because of a, a lot of movements on our balance sheet will actually will actually be a, a pretty profitable quarter. Uh, but uh, but I, I'm, I'm a cash guy, so I'm talking about uh, about cash flow positive. Okay, because you you've got a credit facility in place with Nambari, uh which you put in. What was that about just over six? Was it? Yep. Why? So the. Uh, we took uh, two forms of financing uh, last year to 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 basically uh, finish off the mine. There was a there was a fifteen point one five million dollar facility of the controlling shareholder uh, Wexford, uh, which we we set at the time, and this was actually pre pandemic. This was uh, February of two thousand uh, and twenty, uh, to get us to to basically first goal board. It actually wasn't going to be a sufficient amount of capital to uh, to commercialize. Uh, the mine. We did experience actually quite a bit of, uh, of, of delays because of the pandem- pandemic associated with that. And then we did our $20 million equity raise in 
in August of, uh, of last year, uh, which was going to be sufficient to, to get us to a first gold pour in, in January, and then commercial production probably from about four or five weeks uh, before today. So we, there, there were obviously things that were, that, uh, that were pushed back because of the, the hurricanes. Uh, our cash balance got a, way too light for our, our comfort. And then we took uh, US $6 million uh, cash. Uh, it, was, it was notionally $6.35 million from Nabari, uh, which was going to be sufficient to, to get us through to, to commercial production, even with uh, some additional delays. So as of uh, this morning, uh, we still have cash on, on the balance sheet from that facility. And then next week, we'll, that cash balance, instead of going this way, will be going this way. So we'll, we'll be fine. Right. As you say, the next three years, it's about reinvesting most of the money that you're creating, this cash flow that you're creating, back into the company, back into the project. Because this isn't about the plant. It isn't about the open pit. It's about Los Con La Los Conchitas uh, and, and building this up into a camp, isn't it? So that's going to take money. So you want to, you want to, you do want to hoard money. You don't necessarily want to dish it out to shareholders. I don't think they necessarily want to, you to throw it, throw it back at them. You've got to, you've got to build something here, haven't you? Sure. I, I do think that the debt repayment is, is on, on the cards right now. These, uh, I, I actually like both, both facilities. I think that the Wexford facility was fair. I think the Nabari facility was, was fair. But in the context of, um, of, of large mining companies or even 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 mid-sized corporates around the world, it happens to be relatively expensive facilities. If you add in all the bells and whistles, you're talking about a low teen type uh, type return. So there's really no reason for us to keep uh, keep debt facilities like that on on the balance sheet. There's also a practical limitation for for what we can do on the the exploration side. There are truly hundreds and hundreds of targets that are 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 viable and will meet. Um, geological thresholds for us to, to commit to a, a drill program. But we are limited in terms of, of, of personnel, uh, geologists, we're, we're limited in terms of, 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 of rigs, uh, limited in terms of, of capacity to, to house um, drillers and, and, and support staff outside of our, our operations, and then limited in terms of, probably most importantly, limited in terms of the speed that we can actually analyze the, the data in, in a useful fashion. So I, I, I really don't think we, we can, even if we wanted to, spend more than, than nine or $10 million uh, a, a year. So there, there's, there's plenty of, uh, if we were unconstrained, the targets that we have available would, uh, would, would attract capital more than that. But there is a limitation to, to how much we, we, we can spend. And when you're dealing with grades like this uh, and, and our production profile, even at that 500 ton per day level, the amount of cash flow coming from this mine is going to far exceed what we can spend on, on the reinvestment side that a lot of the, the excess cash will be used initially to debt repayment. Okay, so uh, give us a sense of that. What, what's your expectations? Yeah, so, I mean, this, it's, always, it's always kind of dangerous to, to talk about averages with our mine. Right? This is not, a, by the way, we, we mine to date 17 and a half grams of uh, diluted vein material. This is not a 17 and a half gram deposit. I do think this is, this is higher than 9.56 grams that we delineate in the resource. Uh, even the 17 and a half grams was, was positively reconciling to 14 and a half. It wasn't positively reconciling to 9.56. So we happen to be in a particularly high grade part of the mine. But at 17 and a half grams, this, we, we're going to be, we're, we're going to be uh, recovering that gold at, uh, at something underneath $400 an ounce. And I would say life of mine, this is going to be all in probably $700 an ounce. So even at the 500 ton per day uh, scenario, where you're going to be a mid to high 40,000 ounce 
a year producer net of recovered gold, this is still going to be generating uh, in the at, at these gold prices in the in the upper half of forty million dollars in in cash flow. And even for this this stub year, where because we'll have let's say six and a half, maybe six and three quarters uh, months of uh, maybe seven months of, uh, of nearly full production. Even in that seven months, we should be making more than thirty million dollars for this year. So, what what are your options with that? I know, I know we've talked about, okay, you, you can do dividends, you can do cash buybacks, like you do at Selfish. But what realistically, in this market, okay, you know, there's, there's going to be, um, like the big guys are, you know, basically uh, making, shoring up their balance sheets. There's going to be M&A activity. Um, you're a single asset single jurisdiction risk, all of that kind of good stuff. Let's say it all goes swimmingly and you do generate that sort of free cash flow from your operations and you are limited about to the extent that you can invest in your current asset, assets or re- camp. Um, what do you do? Like I said, we, we don't believe in, in war chests. Um, I, I do think uh, 2020 is, is kind of uh, shaken the... Uh, the, the confidence of what a war chest actually means. So I would say, if you ask me this question in terms of in, in 2019, I would say this is the amount of cash that you kind of want to keep on your balance sheet. After 2020, it's it's this, right? So we we, we kind of have to, which by the way happens to be substantially more cash than we have this uh, this morning because our, our our cash is is frankly too low than 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 it, than, it, than it should be. Um, once we actually maintain a, a certain level of prudent cash on the balance sheet. There really is no reason for us to, to keep it if, if once the the, the debt is, uh, is is repaid, and even if there are external opportunities, we we, we do have, um, for lack of a better word, a disciplined approach to to looking at, uh, at 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 external opportunities. If there's an external opportunity and it's attractive, it should be financeable if it requires capital, and if it's not financeable, maybe it's not attractive, right? So it's it's a good it's a good check. On uh, on on management's appetite to always want to do something something more by trying to keep your your balance sheet as uh, as efficient as possible. Is that your is that your thinking, or is that your major shareholders' thinking? I mean, what, what's driving that? So I have been I've been trained by the the major shareholder. Um, indoctrinated is probably a more 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 accurate word um, for for over a decade. So we are aligned in, in that regard, and I, I do think it's probably a good uh, a good rule of thumb uh, to to think that way. Because really, in in capital intensive industries, cash does burn a hole in your pocket, and uh, and I think everybody is susceptible to it. So it's always good to take a step back and say there are sensible opportunities. I th- this company, and, and I've mentioned this before, is that even if we're able to execute on all three of our plans, I do think that we're actually too small uh, to to be an ideal structure uh, in this market. So I I, I really have, have no issues to do. Uh, incremental or even transformative M&A. Uh, this is really the first, uh, later this year is probably gonna be the first time that we can actually take a, take a breath and, and think about it. For the last two years, we, we really were, were trying to build this, the, this mind. So I have no, no issues with that. But those are decisions that need to be made outside of the fact that you just happen to have X number of million dollars burning a hole in your pocket. But does that make you attractive as, a, as an acquisition? Or, or not, because you, you talked about a very specific and very precise and unique situation that you've got, not in terms of the ore on the ground, the deposit, but also the way that you had to go, go about mining it. Or is that actually, is that, a, is that a problem for you? 
you are going to have to go it alone. That's a fair criticism, right? So uh, the last time a, a mid-tier major uh, even even took a, uh, a cursory look at our data was uh, probably after uh, right before I took over as full-time CEO. It's probably right around that time. So the so-called the back half of 2019, we showed them what we were going to be doing. And said, this is our, our ore body. We were probably 90% done with our, our geological models. So the, the data that exists in the public domain today is probably about, was about 90% as good back then. So they, they weren't even relying on, on some of the, the specious information that our predecessors put out to the, uh, to the public market. And we told them, this is how we're going to be mining that. And they basically said, BS, you, you're going to be diluting this to four or five grams. And we're like, no, this, this is what we're going to do. Like, here's, here's a picture, here's a cartoon, what we're we going to do. And they didn't believe it which is fine. And it meant that we needed to really go uh, 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 alone. The interesting part about that, 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 that anecdote, it just shows you kind of how, how mid-tiers think. They, they actually did not want anything to do with the, the mine, but they were actually very interested in the exploration ground. And I'm like, it's the same thing, right? What we have on the exploration ground is the same thing in the mine. What you're going to find there is the same thing over here. If you're not interested in the mine, why would you be interested? So it's, it's kind of a weird way of thinking in terms of, of how corporates were behaving in, in 2000. Uh, and 19. Now, the the geology and and, and more importantly, the, the geometry, kind of how our, our ore body lies, it's always going to be difficult for us to to delineate a a large resource just because the amount of surface area that we need to to drill uh, in order to, and and also the fact that our our our, our veins are, are relatively narrow. Uh, they some veins are are more. Uh, uh, consistent and persistent than than others so there, there are limitations in terms of how we can we can shrink together resources in, in, a, in a credible fashion so we're always going to be kind of on that the hamster wheel of trying to get to a large delineated resource and there's a lot of of companies out there in the world that when they're doing m a they they re, the, the prime objective is to is to bank reserves and we're just not the type of company to do that that being said i do want to move Mako into the position where it's 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 liquid, where, where it is saleable if we, we ever choose to, to do that. Um, there's things that we can do on the execution side over the course of the next few years. There may be incremental M&A that we can, we can take that would be, let's say, more conventional in terms of, of, of how ore bodies are, are viewed uh, to help move in, in, in that direction. But I, 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 in, terms of, in terms of criticisms of, of Mako, valid and, and not valid, that is actually a valid criticism, is that because we have limitations on how big our delineated resource can be, it is going to be difficult, not impossible, difficult for a larger company to say, aha, I, I know what these guys are going to have in the long run. So let me let me make uh, an attractive uh, X percent premium uh, uh, acquisition of them. Hey, do you fancy making a rod for your own back? Because so far I've heard you've done what you've said, you said what you've done. Um, what are the numbers we should be looking out for this year from you? See if you hit them. Yeah, so like I said, it's always always dangerous to talk about uh, uh, to talk about uh, averages, and so, so, so investors should not take that seventeen and a half grams and then then move forward. I'm operating to the assumption that uh, that all of the, the gremlins are going to be outside of the uh, the plant by uh, by mid mid May of, of this month. If that's the case, uh, we will be mining, so that there will still be a substantial amount of, of stockpile. We'll be mining close to 50,000 ounces for this calendar year. And then uh, from a production standpoint, it'll probably be in the low 30s, uh, thereabouts. Uh, but even with that, that low 30s, uh, you're going to be in, in a situation where uh, like EBITDA for this year will be, will be in excess of 30 million. Okay. That's the, that's the number we should be looking at and mid, mid-May. 
Excellent. You may regret that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Akiba, I appreciate your time today. That's a nice, nice catch up. Uh, I like it, how you're piecing it together. I like, uh, you know, it's real estate. It seems like you've kind of got a, a dose of um, uh, finance guy learns that operating is not that smooth. I mean, it's not just all COVID. It's mining's tough, right? It, it is. It's a, it's a, it's a tough business. Um, there's a lot of, uh, of risks from the operational level to the social level to most businesses are, are like this to, to the people level, right? So to, to, to your team and, and things of the sort. Uh, so this is not, uh, it, there's one criticism for, for some of my, my in, investor former uh, compatriots is that we do fall victim to, uh, to spreadsheet analysis, right? So check the box type uh, type deals, and and we were equally guilty. This is not this is not a criticism that I'm not making to, to myself when I was an investor. And then when when people take a look at whether it's it's track records, whether it's the ability to get uh, minds up and running about what a, whether a resource is is going to to work or not, it is amazing how many shortcuts investors need to to take in order to make their uh, their investment uh, decision. Um, principally because in, investors just just feel like having data uh, makes them more comfortable in in the, the decision process that, that they're making. In reality, having incremental data is sometimes worse than having no data, right? And, and I do think we fall fall victim to that in, in the investment community uh, about that. Very similar to, to what happened with, with our predecessors. They put out a, a 900,000 ounce resource. Said, wow, 900,000 ounce resource, that's high grade. Yes, it's a, it's a, it's a PEA, so we, we understand that there's risks associated with it. That data point that was out there in the market did this company a disservice, right? Just because it, it anchored people's expectations and it wasn't reflective of reality because of, of various technical choices that were, were, were put into that resource. And investors were making a decision based on this, this report. But if they actually took time to go through the data, they would have recognized exactly what this deposit was about. And it, it made us more attractive to this investment opportunity, the more that we knew about it. Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. Do you think that you still, I mean, that, that kind of historic expectation setting, which happened um, previous management team, do you think that you still got a little bit of backfilling to do? Let's face it, if you're talking about 50,000 ounces, 216 million market cap company, that's that's kind of up there, isn't it? Oh, I've, I've said this from 2019. I, I view, we, we've got, we got, I've got like three circles on my presentation on my Twitter feed. I got like the, the three objectives, 500 tons, 1,000 tons, origin of gold mining game. One, two, three. From the beginning, I thought one was 20 to 30 cents on the dollar, right? Now, I think people can have realistic debates as to what, what a dollar means. Is, is a dollar $2 a share? Is a dollar $1 a share? Great, we can, we can, we can get into that, uh, that discussion. But San Albino proper, if you take time to understand what we have, really is only about a quarter of what I actually think the value of this company is. Yes, it requires execution on, on our end to, to go and prove out more resources to get this up to, to material scale because you're correct, a 45 to 50,000 ounce a year producer is too small to be a public company, but that's really not our intent. Our intent is by full calendar year 2023 to be, let's call it 70, 80% more than that. Likewise, we do need to, to prove some sort of uh, at least potential for longevity. I, I don't think we're ever going to have like a, a long mine life here. Like, like the investors should not expect us to have a 10-year mine life on this asset ever. 
but we should have enough information to say, if we do this, this, and this, and this on the expiration side, yes, I can take my three, four, five year mine life and then turn it into 10 over time because there is the data to support that with some, some technical work that needs to be supplemented uh, uh, on there. So yeah, so for people that think we, we have a hefty valuation on, on objective number one, Okay, but that's not that's not Mako, right? If you're investing in Mako because of the mine, like, uh, what can I say? It's like there, there's, we 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 have two other objectives that we need to do, um, and if we execute on it, great, we'll we'll re-rate to that level. If we, we don't, don't execute on that, that's that's okay too. Like in, in or I shouldn't say that's okay, but from an investor's perspective, uh, they can make that investment decision saying they were not able to execute on two objectives that were worth seventy five percent of the company's value, and now I have to reevaluate my investment decision. Brilliant. Akiba, appreciate your time today. Stay in touch, okay? Okay. All right. Take care, man. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to CruxCast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.